No matter the circumstances you face, God is still dreaming big for your days ahead. This is the message of Kathy Lee Gifford's latest book entitled, It's Never Too Late. Join us today for the special edition of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we're excited to bring you one of our favorite people today. Kathy Lee Gifford joins us to talk about her new book, It's Never Too Late, with the fabulous subtitle, Make the Next Act of Your Life the Best Act of Your Life. You may know her from Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, or as the co-host of The Today Show. She's a four-time Emmy Award winner and New York Times bestselling author of numerous books. In fact, we'll be joined by her co-author, Rabbi Jason Sobel, from one of her other books next week. But today, we want to focus on the message of her latest title that emphasizes how God can rewrite your story. Kathy Lee Gifford, welcome to A View from the Wall. Oh, thank you so much for having me, you guys. I really, really appreciate it. Bless you today. Thank you so much for being with us again. And as we dive right in, the story of your life has been largely lived in the spotlight of America. You include amazing inside accounts of some of your experiences you've lived through. But to start off by telling us what inspired you to write your latest book, It's Never Too Late. Well, you know, I was retiring. That's the word they kept using when I was leaving the Today Show. Kathy Lee's retiring or Kathy Lee. Um, you know, and that, or is, is uh, reinventing her, and they've used all these different words. And I went, I'm not comfortable with any of those labels. I mean, <laughs> first of all, um, I try to live my life in a godly way. I try to read the Bible. I have my whole life, and and I don't remember one person of note in the Bible that retired. They just kept doing what God told them to do until they dropped dead. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's what I want to be. Love that. You know, when God's finished with me, I'll know because he'll take me home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 67 now. I, I feel like I'm 30. God has blessed me with enormous uh, strength and health, and I'm so grateful for that. But I'm also being more creative now than I've ever, ever been. And that's saying a lot because I've always been a type A personality. I, mm-hmm. I think I've done 20 books, written six musicals. I don't, I don't, I, I've lost track of everything <laughs> except for the fact that I know my redeemer lives. Yes. I know he, he, I wake up knowing that I go to sleep knowing it. I wake up ready for an adventure and I can't wait to get to it because I have a, a long, long history of walking with Jesus, but mostly stumbling. Mostly stumbling. People go out and say, you've lived such a faithful life. I said, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. God has been faithful to me, not the other way around. And the times that I actually was faithful to him was because he gave me the strength to be faithful. I have no delusions about who I am and what I am. And, and I, am, I am a child of God. If you want to give me a label, give me child of God. That, that I am. I'm the daughter of a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take all of those. I'm wrapped in righteousness. Yes, although I don't deserve to be. I am, I am uh, drenched in grace. Yes. I mean, tell me all those positive, wonderful things because it's the truth. And, and I let that guide my life. And as a, as a result, I live in joy. Even when my circumstances are, are less than, you know, what I would like. Uh, like on the day that I found my husband, you know, dead on the, on the ground in our sunroom of a heart attack. I, uh, I held him and rocked him with tears of joy. 
flowing down my cheeks because it was an answer to prayer. I had always prayed that the Lord would take him home before he had to be dependent on, uh, Frank was a very proud man. He never wanted to be a burden to his family. He never wanted to have people have to care for him in his most intimate ways. And he, he just, he, he just didn't want to be alive if he couldn't fully be alive. And he, he had CTE, his brain was riddled, uh, riddled with that as a result of his football injuries through the years. Mm-hmm. He'd been struggling with, uh, with, uh, it was one week shy of, of his 85th birthday. And he was sharp as a tack in so many ways. And still, he'd gotten the best uh, medical checkup in years, the week before. So it was literally God's time to take him home. Mm. And what so many people are afraid of death, you guys, I'm sure you, you might be, or you know people that are, but yes. when you know somebody has a walking, living relationship with the living God, um, you know where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. So the best day of a believer's life is the day they go home to God. The way Frank went, the EMTs the, the that came to my house said, Kathy, he never hit the door. He never knew it. He mm-hmm. saw Jesus, and Jesus took his breath away. And I can live joyfully with that fact. Well, that's fabulous. We're going to take a quick break before continuing our conversation with Kathy Lee Gifford. Stay with us here on A View from the Wall. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Ephesians 4.29 notes that we are to let our every word be useful for edification. Edification means to build up or benefit. Sometimes we use our words to hurt. Sometimes we just want to vent so we feel better. Sometimes we want to win the argument more than we want to win the person. Still, always, our words should edify. Self-control is the key. Thankfully, self-control is an attribute of the Spirit, and the Spirit will help you use your words to edify. Growing in the faith is a process. The I'm a Watchman ministry is here to help. Visit imawatchman.com to share a prayer request, a question, or to request a free devotional ebook today. The I'm a Watchman ministry stands ready to answer questions and pray for you. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I continue our conversation with Kathy Lee Gifford and her new book, It's Never Too Late, we want to step behind the scenes of her celebrity appearances and discuss some of the difficult times people face and that Kathy has faced in her own life. The title, It's Never Too Late, could go a lot of different directions. Explain how you got that title and what people can expect in the book. Well, I I didn't come up with the title. My publisher did. They really wanted me to write this book. It, I didn't want to write it then. I, I don't want to write the one I'm writing right now. I don't love writing books. I love writing music, uh, songs. I love writing oratorios. I love writing Broadway shows. I love that. But um, writing books like I'm writing now, it's solitary. And they tell you it's got to be, you know, 50,000 words. And, and you get caught up sometimes in the, how many words have I got? Right. And I like to do things out of total passion. But my publisher uh, and my good friend, Matt Balker from HarperCollins said, Kathy, there are so many people that look to you after all these years for, for, for life lessons. Yes. You know, and I know that to be true. God's used me. God gave me a platform in the so-called secular world, just as much as he said, Kathy, you're going to be a, a, you know, missionary in, in Africa. It's my calling. 
it was my calling since I was a little, little girl. And God has used me in, I don't personally separate the secular from the spiritual in my life. I am one person. I happen to work in a business that is considered secular. And, but I never made the distinction myself. I was always the same person wherever I was working, whether it was in a soap opera called Days of Our Lives or whether it was um, uh, doing Name That Tune, which was my big break in this business going back, or whether I was doing Carnival Cruise Line commercials. God puts his people everywhere. And I tell a lot of the stories in the book of how God used me or other people. In, you, he used them in my life because I happen to be someplace where you don't meet churchgoers. So, uh, so when I become a good friend of, of, of Al Pacino, it's because I met him through my industry or Craig Ferguson or, uh, you know, so many of my friendships, Dolly Parton, who happens to be a great believer in Jesus. But this is my world. And I, I even came to know Jesus as my savior at a, at a movie theater. And I was told, you know, growing up from, by some people that, you know, movies were evil. You can't go to a movie theater. You can't go to this. You can't. And I said, why not? God owns the airwaves. God owns everything. That's right. When now things are used for for evil purposes, but I went to a movie that the Billy Graham organization had had produced back in uh, well, I was I was twelve, so it was like early sixties, and um and it was called The Restless Ones, and I went forward and asked Jesus into my heart uh, in a movie theater. Why? Because God met me right where I lived. All my life, I wanted to be an actress and a singer. And I didn't know I wanted to be a writer, but I was writing even then. I didn't even know it was a gift that I had. And so, um, and my, and my, and I was, my sister pointed out to me the other day, the Kathy, she said, Kathy, you wrote and produced and starred in, your, your, uh, in, in the first grade, a book you had read. And you went to your first grade teacher and asked if you could put it on and star in it. And I said, I did. And then she reminded me and there were pictures. And I went, oh my God, I was even doing it when I was six. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a book, by the way, that would be banned today. But it was one of my favorite little books as a child. I'm not even going to say it because, you know. But um, it's sad what it's come to. And I mean, but I was told many, many times, especially in my early, early adult career in show business, that uh, how dare you go into show business and call yourself a Christian? And I just thought, you know what? God is going to use me with people who would never go to church, never pick up a Bible. Never go to a Billy Graham crusade, but they'll work with me. And they'll, and, and just by sharing life and loving people, they will come to know the truth of, of, of Yeshua, the Messiah. I just knew it. And I just, I met anybody dissuade me ever. Nobody's going to tell me what God's will is in my life. Nobody, not even my own parents. And they didn't try to, thank God. <laughs> they knew they had an unusual daughter, to say the least. They knew that I was. Crazy, crazy in a good way. Crazy. Uh, they couldn't get me to come in the house if I was putting on a carnival. They couldn't. I would I'd go for three weeks writing a book when I was in my first book I wrote when I was 20. Never think it would be published. But I, I, I think I slept two hours a night for three weeks writing a book. Mm. I don't know why I'm made that way, but God does. And each individual is made so uniquely and custom made for God's kingdom. I left the university I went to as a, as a young um, uh, adult because they were cookie-cuttering us all into believing the same way, worshiping the same way. And, and I, I just, I said, that goes against everything I know about God, my creator. You're not going to undo all the good the Lord has made in me and done in me 
so I fit some sort of an idea of what you think a young Christian woman is. You know, who makes, who makes these people the arbiters of our faith? You know? And so I just know I'm, I'm God's child, and, he, and he's my father, and he's going to raise me up and use me for his purposes if I trust him. Because when I heard the voice of Jesus when I was 12 in that movie theater, he said, I love you, Kathy. And I, if you'll let me, I will make something beautiful out of your life. Uh, and, and I went forward. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, religious talk. And yet it was the most deeply spiritual thing I could hear from my creator. And I was raised, uh, I, my father was Jewish. And so I was raised uh, in, a, in a, a Judeo-Christian home. But we didn't really believe very strongly in anything except we believed in God. And we knew that Jesus was a Jew. And um, I always felt very, very close to Jesus because of my Jewish heritage. But I didn't know him intimately as my savior and my best friend. But going forward after that day, when I was 12, that began the journey of a lifetime, which continues all these years later. Yeah. We have to break away for just a moment. Stick with us for more here on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings, all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I talk with Kathy Lee Gifford, we've talked a little bit about some of the success you've had, uh, but there's also this role that your faith plays in helping you persevere through tough times. You talk about that in the book. Success and perseverance often appear in the same sentence, especially in Hollywood. What role did perseverance play in your early acting career, and how was your faith an important part? Oh, by that time, I was, when I moved to um, L.A. in the mid-70s to pursue my acting and music careers, I guess I was 20. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe, yeah, about 22. And um, that's when I came up against, you know, so many people. There were about 15 of us that were young performers who really did believe that God was calling us to a career in the, uh, in the, in uh, the, the world of the arts. And, um, and uh, there was a pastor uh, who was so, so, so precious to me. And, and, and Paul, uh, Pat and uh, Shirley Jones. I went to their, I knew they were Christians and they had a Bible study for young performers. And I, I was talking to Pat about it the other day on the phone. I said, Pat, you were so instrumental in my life. I was so young and there was so little place to go to, to be encouraged in the arts because back then, you know, nice Christian kids didn't do it. And the pastor that I loved and is still a precious dear friend of mine was Pastor Jack Hayford of Church on the Way. 
And so I think I was able to persevere uh, during a rough, rough, rough uh, start in my career. I, 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 I gave myself a year to try to make it a living at it. And, um, and I was about a week shy of, um, uh, having to go back home with my tail between my legs and say, I guess I didn't hear the Lord right. Uh, when it finally did open up for me. And I think I, out of five commercials, I tried out four, I got four and I was able to do three. And, and, uh, that then I led to a singing in, a, uh, in, in Las Vegas, uh, with a, with a, a show and, then I started getting working at uh, on a sitcom called no, it wasn't a sitcom. It was a, a soap opera called Days of Our Lives, and I was making a living at it. It, it, um, it wasn't a great living, and I certainly wasn't bound for stardom. But but I was doing what my daddy had said to me, you guys, back then. Honey, find something you love to do and figure out a way to get paid for it. He was so smart that way. Instead of saying you got to be this, you got to become this, so you can make a living. Uh, you know, and, and superimposing his dreams on my own. My parents' first choice would not have been to let their daughter go off to Hollywood alone at the age of 18 and uh, live alone and, and struggle. But my daddy also used to say to me, I love you too much to deny you the privilege of making mistakes. Mm. So I was blessed with unbelievably wise, loving parents who knew I was strange. I didn't fit the cookie cutter mold of anybody. I was always um, a little uh, nerdy about a lot of things. I missed my high school graduation because I wanted to go to Israel to, to go to, to attend the first Jerusalem conference on biblical prophecy. No 17-year-old kid wanted to do that but me. <laughs> so in that way, I was quirky. But I did, and, uh, it, and I became friends with Anita Bryant because of that. I babysat for her children while I was there, and then she brought me to her house to work and uh, into her, her home and be her assistant and anything she couldn't do or didn't want to do. She said, but I do have this young girl living with me that would be good for whatever. You know, and I, she would always plug me in to um, stuff she wouldn't do or couldn't do, including singing at the uh, one of the inaugurals, at one of the presidential inaugurals. So there wow. I was. All of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I was, I'm like Waldo, you guys. You know the Waldo books where you, it, it's, it's all these, you got to look for like what are what is Waldo? I'm I'm Waldo, and then I I married Frank. What, why did I marry Frank? He was the most a sought out bachelor in 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 certainly New York. He was still young, super super successful, beautiful man, and 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 he marries. He falls in love with me. Why? Why? I was 23 years to the, younger than him to the day, and then I get on name that tune, and I'm before that, and I get. I mean, I'm, I, I was, I knew God would use me and, and I knew God loved me, but I never dreamed that the doors would open to me that did, or the opportunities that came to me would happen. And so, that I would someday be sitting in my garden, like I talk about on, in the book with, with my, my friend Al Pacino. I don't, you know, and, and, and he is, and I love him. Or that I would, you know, uh, Kevin Costner would be, Frank and I would be on vacations with him and his family. I mean, it's just, I, I, it, I, I, Richard and I were a lot alike in that even even when we were extremely successful, uh, the most successful people on television there for a while, even, we still wondered and looked at each other and said, can, can you believe we get to do this for a living? There was always a sense of wonderment because I knew that I was never the prettiest girl at an audition. I was never the smartest in a room. I was never the most talented actress. And most people told me that all the time. I got nothing but, but the rejection after rejection after rejection. 
but I would, I, I would pray about it. I said, Lord, well, if this one isn't right for me, keep me going until you tell me I'm wrong and, and, and provide for me. And, and I'm just going to trust you. And, and I had my down, down days. I mean, my gosh, oh, I have cried more tears in my lifetime. But, but I, I know that God collects them in a bottle too, because they're precious to him. So God gave me everything I needed to survive in that world, that cutthroat, brutal world. And he kept my skin tender towards people it needed to be tender towards. And it made me thick and hardened against the people whose opinions do not matter at all. And that's a hard juggling act. There's advice for anyone in this book, Kathy Lee, young or old. You say growing old is not for the faint of heart. And we're about the same age. So I understand what you're talking about there. You've accomplished a lot in your lifetime. Is there anything else that's still on the unfinished business list for you? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm working on uh, three new oratorios that I'm in the final stages of um, editing. I just directed those in Texas and in uh, Utah because I couldn't get to Israel like the, the God Who Sees, which had such huge success two years ago, continue telling the uh, biblical stories that are so profound and so ripped from the headlines even today. Um, and so that, that's uh, been a thrill. And I love uh, directing now. I'm a, I'm a pig in mud. I, I just, it, I've discovered one of my favorite things in the world to do. So, um, I'm working on producing several films with my son, that's very exciting. Writing a new book called The Jesus I Know, honest conversations with people uh, through that I know and love, but that are very different from myself and have a completely different concept of Jesus. I think um, we've become so polarized in the world we live in today that we just, we, we, we cancel people and we, uh, and we write them off and we do so many unkind things to people that they, we think are wrong, who don't believe the way we do. And we have the right to believe that they're wrong. But that we do not have the right to hate them. We do not have the right to be cruel or unkind to them. Uh, because, because if we say we are followers of Yeshua, we have no rights like that. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Treat your neighbor as you treat yourself. Go out of your way like the good Samaritan did. Do good and, and live long and prosper in the land. I mean, if you call yourself a, a believer and a follower and a disciple of Jesus, then we're going to have uh, days where we are far from perfect. And I have those days every day. But he will be, if we keep him first and foremost in our, in our minds, in our hearts, he will guide us. We will hear his voice. He will unveil and reveal uh, his, his will and his purpose for us. And he will equip us with everything we need for the journey. So I am, um, I'm in the most joyful season of my entire life now. Uh, I'm, I'm, people used to say to me, how could you leave your dream job with Regis and your dream job with Hoda? Uh, it was hard to leave them because I, I love them. And, uh, and, and I still talk to Hoda all the time. And I miss Regis, who we who went on to be with Jesus, you know, this, this last August. And, but, but I, I'm doing my dream job now. This is what I was born to do. And, and, and this is what I've worked hard my whole life to earn the right to do which is to be my own boss, write my own story, write my own or oratorios, produce my own films, um, you know, live my life as authentically and as um, powerfully as God always intended me to do. And I'm so grateful to be at a point in my life now where I really, truly don't care what other people think. That is, that's the best weight you can lose in this world is the weight of other people's opinions. 
mattering to you. Only God's ultimately, his opinion is the only one that ultimately matters. My, my friends, uh, my, my, my children, of course, but they're, you know, it's, it's a small group of people. And that in itself is a freeing thing. So I wake up in the morning and I said, may I please you today, Lord? May you be pleased that I have put you first. I've done the best I can do. And may you lay me down to sleep tonight knowing that, that I have not wasted. I have not wasted any good and precious gift you've given me. Because that alone is, you know, gives you joy. So wake up in the morning, have a pulse and a purpose is one of God's greatest gifts to us. And Paul Newman, who is not a, a man of, that, of my faith, but he taught me that. And I was privileged to be his friend. You see what I'm saying? We, are, we all share this planet. And our common ground is truly our sacred ground. We are to love one another as Jesus loved us and died for us. And my whole purpose in life, and for the rest of the, my life until my dying breath, will be to teach people one thing. And that's what God taught me and Billy Graham and different people I've been blessed to love and know in my life. God loves you with an all-consuming fire of a love. And he just wants you to know that and walk with him and trust him and have the life he dreamed for you to have. And it's never too late to reach out and grab his hand. Hmm. Thank you, Kathy, for being with us today. Such an honor to have you with us. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. I want to thank you for having me so much. God bless you all. God bless you too. Shabbat shalom. (laughs) For more information, we want to encourage people to check out KathyLeeGifford.com. That's KathyLeeGifford.com and pick up more about the book that she's talked about here today and our other resources. Let me say again to our listeners how much we appreciate you joining us for today's program. We want you to know we are here to serve you. Listen again at IamAWatchman.com and join us next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.